0: Further up and further in to your presence. Deep, deep, deeper still in your river. Satisfied, and longing for more. Welcome to Further Up and Further In. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle.
1: Hey, Amy. We are gonna rumble again. As always. <laughs> I feel like I walk into it with a, a fierce. I know what I'm gonna say about this, and for this, for me, this one is a little bit of more of a maybe with some holy trepidation, mm-hmm. but awareness that the things that we're rumbling with are good. We are not coming into this conversation with all the answers, but an awareness of things we've learned and things we want to learn. Yeah. So, what are we gonna talk about? We're gonna talk
0: about. Uh... Well, I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about, but we're going to use a book as kind of a launching off mm-hmm. part into whatever mm-hmm. the conversation turns into. So if we
1: do a favorite things episode yeah. again, this might be a favorite book of 2021. one's not over yet. We have many books to read. We do. We do. But um, you yeah. and I both really resonated with this one. So. Yeah.
0: Yep. This book is called An Impossible Marriage by
1: Lori. Craig? i think it's craig, craig. laurie craig. and matt craig laurie and matt yep. oh
0: they share this yeah that's good they're married they have the yep. same last name laurie and craig oh goodness
1: <laughs> do we want to just edit that out we might need to starting like you're announcing the book okay
0: so the book is an impossible marriage by laurie and matt craig and the subtitle is that what it's called subtitle yep. Yep. says what our mixed
1: orientation marriage has taught us about love and and the gospel. So I've had this book, because I've been reading it recently, you read it first, and I've had it on my counter, and a few people have come in and out of my house, and I've been consistently asked what a mixed orientation marriage is, so that might be helpful for some of our listeners might not know right off the bat, and that is just fine. Yeah. So how Lori describes it,
0: actually, is that she is attracted to women, and her husband is also
1: attracted (laughs) to women. So that's not complicated at all. (laughs) And what's so great about it in some ways, just as a way to draw you in. It's like, well, man, I got problems, but that's not my problem. Yeah, man, they must have an impossible marriage. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, and and they just start off the book by going, they have realized that their struggle is unique as in not everyone resonates with it. But when it comes right down to it, doing marriage God's way is actually impossible for all of us.
0: Yep, yep. So everyone good. is in an impossible marriage. That's right.
1: If our success isn't, Surviving and enduring and not getting divorced, then we're winning. Yeah. That's a pretty low threshold, but I have been there. Yeah. Honesty is good. It's like, well, we're hanging in there. We haven't quit. Yeah. But to love like Jesus loves. So, part of the reason I love this book is that I often feel like I want to express something and I can't do it very well. Mm. And that is that I always laugh and say the verse that saved my marriage and my parenting is Ephesians 5 1 in the message. She just does a way better job of unpacking what this means. But let's just start with the verse, because I love this verse. And this is the message, so whatever, if you want to beat your translation drum, go for it. But You probably aren't
0: listening to this podcast (laughs) if you are really stuck on those things, realistically.
1: Good point, Amy. Good point, good point. Uh, It's just, it has breathed spirit life into me when I've needed it. And it says, watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Which is how come you know this is not an accurate translation Mm -hmm. because God always loves us. But anyway, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us but to give everything of Himself to us. Love like that. Well... (laughs) <laughs> i wish people could see your face right now uh, i know i know oh. and honestly when you're dating and everything's happy clappy and rosy and joyful and whatever like mm, i think oh i can love like that because i'm just so satisfied because
0: i'm actually getting a bunch of stuff in return right at that point
1: but i didn't know it And then somewhere along the way, the nitty gritty kicks in. And for me, I think I've talked about this on our podcast before. I have no qualms about saying this. The pothole for me is withdrawing and shutting Mm. down. That's Mm -hmm. how I protect myself. So I can show up and smile on the outside. But you are not getting anywhere near my heart. Yeah. I can be polite. Deadly on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, he didn't love us cautiously, but extravagantly. Mm. Oof. He didn't love us. In order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Amy, that just like culturally smashes even against things that we talk about that maybe just get unbalanced. Mm. Like boundaries. Yeah. You know, he didn't love in order to get something, but to give everything of himself to us. So this is not talking about being like the codependent martyr. No. No. So somewhere there's this holy refinement of we're not going to be codependent martyrs. Yeah,
0: but nor are we going to be in it just for ourselves. Yeah. And what we get and making sure we're okay and screw Mm -hmm. you if you're going to, you want something that's against my X, Y, and Z.
1: And we're going to label it as a boundary and we're going to be all like culturally woke and intellectual and emotionally healthy, but we're really just in a cage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how Next, are we going to do this? Oof. Maybe you should talk a little bit more about where this book landed yeah. for you.
0: For me, this this book landed in a couple of um, couple of areas. One was again just like the, you know, whether it was a reminder or awareness or however you want to say it. I'm just like, man, okay, marriage is not just getting my needs met, but nor is marriage just simply get me getting my husband's needs met. There's like a, such a deeper rooting and a holiness to marriage, mm-hmm. right? The the sacredness almost is kind of the, as I listened to her describe, um, them describe the marriage and the purpose of it. And, and you know, the kind of calling higher to what it is and not cheapening it. I was just like, oh man, this is, I don't, I don't know if I fully get it. Like, I don't know if I fully understand the, because what they say is kind of talking about how, you know, a marriage, you know, between a man and a woman is, is, um, uh, a picture of Christ in the church and men and women can often be so different and Christ in the church. Like, can you get any different than that? And yet he, we are his bride. Yeah. And it's like marriage is a, is a symbol and, uh, Picture. A picture of how Jesus has is joining to us in something that should be impossible, but it's not. Yeah. Right? Like, just so beautiful that it, like, ties into the a bigger picture that it was like, oh, okay. Man, where, without realizing it, mm-hmm. have I cheapened my idea of marriage? Mm-hmm.
1: And never consciously. No, never like, oh, this doesn't matter. mm so, <laughs> this is a hard conversation to have, like, yeah. with a whole bunch of strangers. Uh, there's a few things that they highlight really well, is that at the end of the day, they both had needs they were trying to meet in their relationship. That in many ways, our marriage is supposed to contain those ingredients. Mm, you know, yeah, yeah. intimacy, connection, they affirmation. Uh, celebration, uh, recreation. Like, they talk about all these healthy things and how all of those things matter and that our our sexual or physical interaction is actually a culmination of unity in all those places. But we often look to that Mm -hmm. as the, oh, if we've got this going on, then we've got connection and intimacy and union, and we don't because we're spiritually or emotionally bankrupt in other areas. Yeah. So that's like a great big awkward elephant in the room oh that is and the, is
0: she also um I keep saying she I don't know why because it's both of them maybe she them. maybe she does more of the theological uh, is it? I'm not sure whatever it is I just so squarely in my head her but it's not one of the things that they say that I've just it's like whenever that landed for me is like whenever we're phrasing things of once I have mm-hmm. if only then is like an indication that we're actually, we've created an idol of something. It's so true. Right? So once I have, um, you know, my husband's full attention and words of affirmation yep. that I desire, then I will be okay. Or yep. then I will be satisfied. Then I'll be happy. What their thing is like, man, whenever we're using those words, that's an indication yep. that, that we're looking for our needs to be met right? solely in an area where they, they can't.
1: Exactly. Nor do they say we're just going to be holy zombies. No. Get all our needs met, met. All our needs met in Jesus. No. And then not need each other. Yeah. It's like the need will never be satisfied till it's met in Jesus, but it's supposed to be affirmed by each other.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really good way of. Those are really my words. Good way of putting it. Yeah. That is a really good way of putting it, and it, so much of it feels just like you're walking a fine line. Yeah, what, Two ditches. Wow, look at that. The
1: ditches <laughs> have showed up once again. Somehow we should just call our podcast The Two, two ditches, ditches or something because we're always highlighting further it. Further up and further in.
0: The Two Ditches.
1: <laughs> no. Okay. Rabbit trail. Yeah. So, I mean, his, his point of view, which is not always the case. We cannot just put this on men because I've talked to women who have the same feeling. It's like his deal was if we just had sex, then everything would be fine or sex more often or sex my way. Yeah. And and so he was recognizing that he had a need to be affirmed mm, yeah. and celebrated and desired yeah. and wanted. And that is we're created for that. We are absolutely created for mm-hmm. that. But as long as that was his idol, they couldn't actually connect in a healing whole way. So she talks about some of her own trauma wounds, which yeah. we all bring wounds into our marriages. Yeah. We all do. And so we're all wounded and we're all gonna try to perfectly love someone who's wounded. This is why it's impossible. <gasps> this is why
0: it's impossible. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, tell me your thoughts, Amy, mm. on navigating the difference between this passage that I just read, yeah, or from Ephesians 1. Love extravagantly, not cautiously. Giving everything without expecting anything returned. So, try to make some sense of that with boundaries.
0: Oh, goodness. Hmm. I think... um. This doesn't feel well thought out. And um, eh, we're
1: rumbling with it. We warned them right off the bat. I we're know, just like a
0: level of semi-ish and just <laughs> completely like, I feel like this is on the edge of maybe something that makes sense. But I think when we have a lack of boundaries, we're actually still trying to get something.
1: Protect myself is where it comes down to for me. So it might be get something for you. It might right? be protect myself for me.
0: Yeah, which is still you're trying to get self-protection or, you know, be protected, that, that when we don't have any boundaries, we're, yeah, trying to get something. But when we have harsh boundaries in that self-protection way, we're still trying to get something. So we're still not loving. Either way, we're still not loving like Jesus, because we're still, the goal is still for us. The focus is still on us, in whatever way that goes. So, I think like something even for me, what that can look like right is is I just recognize there's places sometimes where it's like the the currency of of sex of like, hey, maybe my husband's grumpy and not being as kind to me as I'd like him to, okay, well, if we connect in that way, then he'll mood his mood will be better, and then he'll be nicer to me, ouch, see, it's still cycling around to the end result is he will be nicer to me, yeah. Not, man, let's go to this and have intimacy and connection and and come together. Yeah. It's a, hey, I still want something, so let me, air quote, love you well to get something.
1: Yeah, you just did a great job without having a pre-thought-out answer. It was a really good, really, really good. I thought about, am I protecting me or am I protecting us? Ooh, As a way of describing boundaries are tricky, like to nuance how this is going to land with everybody. But am I protecting me or am I protecting us? So you just used an example of sex, which like, (laughs) let's just face it. This is is a thing. It just is a thing. I cannot feel like it and still do it because I'm protecting us. Mm. It is... It's just a God's gift to our marriage. This yeah. is healthy. It is important for us to connect this way, not to violate boundaries of trauma, because if you're working through that, you better work through it, right? Mm-hmm. Not to violate, I'm emotionally uncomfortable right now, but I'm just going to power through. Yeah. You just gave a really good example. Like, I'm going to do it so that he'll be nicer to me, or, which is protecting me, mm-hmm. or I'm protecting us. You know what? We need We need some connection right now. Like, just set aside everything else, 'Cause sometimes it's just not convenient. And certainly yeah. by the time you've been married as long as we have, you can just decide to watch another episode and forget about it and blah blah blah. Yeah. And just breeze over building connection, which this is not the only way to build connection, but it is also our way that is God given and important. Yeah. So that's just one way for me to nuance. Am I protecting me or mm. am I protecting us? That's such a yeah, that's such a good question. I wrote it down because I want to remember it, because it's good.
0: (laughs) And you might see that on our Facebook page or Instagram in the near future, because it's good.
1: (laughs) If you see a meme that's good, it's because Amy put in the time. So acknowledging all these things, and then also in our whole, I mean, for me, the idea of codependency was massive the first time I heard it, which you just described it Mm -hmm. in an excellent way as well. The lack of boundaries is... I'm going to do this so that everything's fine and everybody's okay. I'm very terrible. 20 years ago, terrible at saying no to anything if it would make someone else sad. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I laugh now, but boy, it seemed to work for me for a while. In loving well, loving like Jesus loved, there's a death and a dying.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: So, Ouch. Like, yeah. that's countercultural too, Amy. Yeah. You're not seeing this in Hollywood. Unless it's some stupid, sappy movie where one of them's dying of some terrible disease and the other one's just like languishing in sacrifice. And then there's some weird music and it's over and it just makes me sick. Yeah. Yeah, those aren't real. Hollywood's not doing a good yeah. job of demonstrating selfless love either. So, not codependent and not selfless. Boom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, um... And when I hear that, when I hear stuff like that, right, of, like, dying to yourself, and I'm just like, oh, this feels so overwhelming, like, I can't do it, I can't do it. But in the book, there's such a good quote where it's like, if you're like me, and the thought of anything drastic feels like, well, this is so overwhelming, I can't do this, so I might Mm as well not even try. Mm -hmm. There's a quote they have that says, do what you are comfortable with, and one half step more. So good. I marked the same thing. Or it's like, oh. I can do that. Right? I can do a half step more. I can't yeah.
1: jump across whatever, but I I can do one half step more. And I think that would apply to a lot of like walking out our healing and yeah. restoration because again, we're all bringing stuff into our marriage, but a yeah. half step more would just be that level of stretch where I would acknowledge, "Okay, God, I am leaning into you and trusting you mm-hmm. to help me with the vulnerability of whatever risk this is in loving." And I mean, man, it looks so different for everybody. Yeah. You and I are kind of bringing our stories to things, but it's not going to look the same for you. No. Listener. But like, what it would a half a step more. It can be the simplest thing of, I'm just so mad at him, I can't even. And I just lock my little heart away. And it's like, no, I'm not comfortable actually with going and greeting him at the door, but I can do that. Someday, like, there was a time for me that was my half step more. Now that just feels, Mm. like, almost ridiculous. But my self-protection was, don't you show in any way that you are vulnerable to how he's going to greet you. Mm. I mean, let's talk baby steps here. Yeah. That was a baby step for me. It's like, no, because Christ loves me extravagantly and unconditionally, I can go meet him at the door. Now, somebody who's, like, a long ways down the journey is going to be like, that's ridiculous. No. Yeah. That's where we start. Yep. Tap into the love of God. It's the perfect love that casts out fear. It's not going to be the perfect love of my spouse that casts out fear, which will be nice when there's, you know, love makes space for us. But no human's going to meet that. No. So the perfect love of God for me says he's got me. He's holding me. If this doesn't go well, he's going to meet me in my debrief with him. Yeah. His perfect love casts out my fear of blank. For some people, fear of rejection. Mm. Um, what was one I heard recently the other day? Fear that he's going to think he can walk all over me. Mm. Like, oh, that's so interesting. It was an insight into someone else's brokenness. Yeah. Really? Walk all over you? Or just not respond the way you wanted them to? Like, that just revealed a big wound. Yeah. Get help. Get counseling. Good counseling. Yeah. But yes, we are, we've got to nurture our own hearts in a way. That helps us show up, but we're always going to need the love of God. Mm -hmm. She talks about two deaths. An unhelpful death where we try to kill the good needs in us. So that's codependency. I underlined that. Yes, I But it was a good underline. <laughs> it was. Or the second type of death that's helpful, and that's the death of the idols that oh. falsely promise to meet our needs. It's so...
0: Oh, it was such a... I really loved that part because it was like, oh, like illuminated. Yeah. Right? How often we just try and kill our good needs. Yes, I do this. Right? We so do that this. that I won't
1: be a burden or
0: a problem. Right? Which then we're still getting some sort of that's still an idol they're yep. still an idol. we haven't solved the problem Mm-mm. at that point at all
1: but when you reframe it okay so i like the death of my good needs i, I mean we all i believe have wounds that go way back long mm-hmm. long before we were single digit ages right where we have wounds in our souls that have really wired us to be aware a, a hyper vigilance around some needs yeah different for everybody and when we just say no i don't need that we're actually lying yeah God gave us, wired us with needs. Yeah. We all have a need for protection, for uh, affirmation, for whatever. Yeah. There's a hierarchy of needs. and We've all got them. God made us. We can't just put to death that need. We need to recognize why it's such a big deal in our lives and get healing for that. So that's mm-hmm. where each one of us have an autonomy over our own journey.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so we can show up and say, actually, no, I need, mm-hmm. I do need this mm-hmm. right now. Not in a, and if I don't get it, I'm going to be a, Train
1: rack. Or I'm going to cut you off.
0: Yeah. Or X, Y, and Z. But yeah. like, I, I need this. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And the second part is talking about...
1: Put to death the idols that falsely yeah. promise to meet these needs. So falsely mm-hmm. promise. Because
0: they don't actually do it. Mm-mm. And mm-hmm. then we're
1: upset because the
0: other person hasn't fulfilled what they should have fulfilled.
1: And so... The way they describe it and the way I understand it to be is that, yes, we're all supposed to show up for each other, but it will be an affirmation of what God has Mm. provided. It will be a manifestation of what God has provided. If you're only relying on that other person to meet that need without the deeper, truer encounter with the God who meets that need, it's a band-aid and it's a bottomless pit. Yeah. So, which are we going to put to death? Well, don't put to death your own need. God gave you that need. Deal Mm. with it. But let's put to death the idol Yeah. that when someone else shows up in a certain way, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That's putting the weight of someone else taking the role of God. Yeah. Which I have found, Amy, we're going to just be vulnerable here, when I've had those expectations of my husband, or even vice versa, when I felt those expectations put on me, it's suffocating. Yeah. But when it's like showing up in affirmation of what God has said and done, that's like partnering with the Spirit of God mm. redemptively. There's a freedom in that, yeah. And and for sure, want our listeners to hear. We're not saying put up with abuse, and for sure hear, have them say like we're all on this journey, <laughs> and and it's I think it's going to be continue to be a journey. Every season in our life has put different stresses on us and required different things of us, and so we're constantly growing. Yeah. Just this week, I was like Sunday, noticed something just kind of come over my husband. I was like, man, what is going on here? And I kind of wanted to fix it, like. Okay, I really wanted to fix it, but not as bad as once upon a time. I yeah. would have just right okay, just try to be honest about this. And I was like, Jesus, what do you want me to do? And I felt like God said to me, Pray and love well. And I was like, oh, I actually can do that. And I love that I felt like it was the Spirit of God saying, Pray for him and love well because I'd be just inclined to love a little less well. Mm. Not that extravagantly. I would have gone cautiously. Yeah. He seems a little off. How's he going to react to me? So I would have loved cautiously. Yeah. And because I felt like he said love well, I was like, oh, okay, love extravagantly. What would that look like? And it continued to come up in my mind how I could mm. love extravagantly and a few things went kind of sideways and I didn't withdraw. mm. And maybe that isn't the word extravagant to some people, but it was pretty significant to me that when I remembered him saying that, I could show up like leaning in instead of leaning out. Mm, yeah, yeah. And um, yesterday morning, I was sitting here at my desk working on something. He had been out doing some stuff on a job and unbeknownst to me, he had gone by somebody's house. Anyway, come to the part where I heard him come in the door humming and I was like, it's over. Whatever mm. it was that was oppressing him is gone. Yeah. So it wasn't about me to start with. Yeah. Some, the, the enemy was coming against him. I want to jump in and help him fix whatever that was. Yeah. God says to me, you know, pray and love well. Okay, so three days really wasn't the end of the world, especially now that's over. Yeah. So he comes in humming, and I right away know something's different. And I yeah. he came in and chatted with me. He's like, what happened? And he's like, oh, I stopped by so-and-so's house. And actually, they were having a Bible study at their house, and I didn't want to intrude. They invited me in, but I knew I didn't have time because we need to go somewhere, so... He said, but I was going to leave. And they said, can we pray for you before you go? And then one of the ladies who he's never met before spoke some words over him that were clearly from the heart of God that targeted the thing that was yeah. oppressing him. Now, why couldn't I just have gone right to that Sunday night? I don't know. God didn't <laughs> give me the assignment. Yeah, He gave me an assignment that was for my growth, yeah. for my leaning into love like Jesus loves, which is awesome. I want that's further up and further in maturity. want to do that without self-protecting. So for me, I was going through my own process of the Lord's loving discipline. And he had this encounter with this other person who spoke words that just like annihilated the strategy of the Mm. enemy against him. Why did God need to do it that way? I don't know. I don't have to be God. I had my assignment. And the Lord at the same time was fighting for him and fighting for us.
0: Mm. So that was just like a good recent lesson for me. Yeah, such a beautiful picture. And what I hear in that too, maybe just a reminder for me, like what you said, sometimes it's not actually all about us and what we've done or haven't done or our attitude. Like I think sometimes, again, it's just another like, uh, self-focus in a really messed up way.
1: It's the nuance of a lie, because it's so, also in the book, one of the things I underlined in your <laughs> book. I love that we get to share these books. Is that he, when her husband realized what he was dealing with, he's like, he goes to his dad having meltdown, I actually can't do this. And his dad said to him, you don't have to do it perfectly. What did he say? You just have to... Be, be teachable. Be teachable. I was going to say humble, but yes, teachable. Ah, that, that really just got me, because again, self-focus, but I have believed the lie that if I get everything right, our marriage will be fantastic. (laughs) Oh, what a joke! But I brought that in from other relationships in my life. If I get everything right, you're going to be kind to me, you're going to love me, we're going to be fine. It'll be good, and
0: we'll, we just need to get there.
1: And sooner or later, we live long enough, we run into the crisis of, actually, I can't get this good enough. Yep. But if you're teachable. Yeah. So...
0: Yep, that's exactly it. the The shift of like oh, te- okay, teachable, and it's not about perfection because if it is like if I'm just perfect, once I am perfect, then then I've made an idol of my own perfection, which is not <gasps> here even here an, an idol, there an idol, there, everywhere yeah, an exactly. idol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the teachable, mm-hmm. right? Teachable, and again. I'm going to say this quote again because it just like, it's going kind to of blew my mind and I'm going to cling to it. It's just like, am I protecting me or or am I protecting us? Yeah. And in the teachable, it's all about, it's about strengthening and growing and protection of us in mm-hmm. the getting, right? In the teaching, in the learning, and in, in learning about my husband more and learning about myself more and what it looks like to go together. That's like building, I just see like building the walls of protection around our marriage and strengthening it and growing it. Whereas if I've convinced that, hey, I just need to get my actions, not even thoughts, if I just need to get my actions perfectly, then our marriage will be fine and there'll never be any conflict. Uh, then I really just am building walls around me which leads to more disconnection because it's not around both of us as a strengthening of our
1: marriage. So good. Good way to put it. I remember it's so funny because we did have some pre-marriage counseling with our pastor and and then I it's so funny the things you do and don't remember about your wedding day things other people remember I don't remember but I remember the pastor saying to us oh no this was his wife at my wedding shower she said The reality is, is that God wants your marriage to succeed even more than you do. Mm. So when we're talking about, are we protecting me or protecting us? I'm partnering with him. It's not just, again, me getting it right so that we are fine. It's like partnering with the very God who said, this is good. And I'm all in with you to help you do well. Mm -hmm. We're partnering with him. He's fighting for us. So I don't know how this is going to land with our listeners. I recognize I always just even picture different faces, and there's so many different stories and so many different scenarios out there. But we really hope this conversation and our vulnerability with letting you peek into our hearts is somehow helpful. That relationship's messy, and it's awkward. And in it all, God is growing each of us individually. And he wants to, through our brokenness, express his beauty and his glory because he loves well. And we are cheering you on in the holy awkward of your relationships that you'll discover the perfect love of your father that will cast out the fear that causes disconnection and that you will together head further up and further in.